You have to constantly put yourself in situations that you're learning and you're exposed to new things and new ideas and new people. Even if it's through books, it's more important to be interested than interesting. That was Jane Fonda speaking with Christine Barbrich in their interview on the Unstyled podcast. Tune in for more on what Jane calls her hair epiphanies during life transitions, why we don't want to waste time on bullshit relationships as we age, and regrets that come with staying in them when we know deep down it's time to move on. It's Tracy. Thanks for being here. And welcome to another replay of the day on this episode of Invisible You, a podcast for women over 40 living courageously. So Jane Fonda is another one that I have a girl crush on, and I think she's just a total badass. And at 82 is doing more than I am at almost half her age. And if you know anything about her, you know she's an actress, a fitness mogul, and a political activist. And much like her view on politics and life, her conversation might be considered somewhat controversial. But fuck it. I loved it. And personally, I don't mind getting a little triggered because it just means I have some work to do. There's obviously something going on in here that needs a closer look, and I want to know what it is. Why am I so charged by it? It's literally all about me. (laughs) And in this episode, Christine and Jane talk a lot about the different ages and stages we go through as women. And the topic of perimenopause, along with the challenges we face of going into our 40s, also came up as part of their discussion. And I resonated hard with Jane's take on it because I felt and still feel like it's been a struggle coming to terms with the path I've chosen in life and accepting it. And combine that with trying to figure out what do I want to be when I grow up? And not to mention dealing with the fluctuating fun house of hormones that's happening to me right now. And she might call this her second act, but I'm more familiar with the term midlife crisis. And during this time, I've had to be extremely intentional with who I surround myself with, the things I listen to, the books I read, and the overall boundaries I set for myself. I have to work really hard at exposing myself to the people and activities that fill me up and bring me joy. It's not always 100% possible. It's definitely not easy, but I think it's been a necessity to get through things like the ending of a relationship with someone I've been in since high school and transitioning to living on my own. I'm living alone for the first time in my life. That's a lot of friggin' change. And coincidentally, all in my 40s, when society tells me, you're not quite as viable, maybe not so beautiful either, or relevant in the community or workplace. How's that for a self-esteem killer? But I know it's all BS because I think I have more to offer now than ever. I've got way more experience and patience with a sense of urgency, compassion, gratitude, all the things that I've been afforded through time, along with the awareness that I have a lot less of it. But don't you worry about me. I'm living the dream over here. I just crank up the volume to my favorite song and get the party started by, I don't know, if I want I can vacuum my apartment totally nude. (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm crazy like that. And our mind's a sponge. It takes in whatever we feed it. If we're constantly filling it with Netflix junk food, mindless conversations, and what Christine calls bullshit relationships, intimate or not, then that's what we're going to get out of it. And I've definitely had my fair share of all of that. But the biggest regret is undervaluing my friendships and putting way too much pressure on my partner to fill that void. And unfortunately, I didn't see it at the time. And hindsight's twenty twenty. But it's been my intention over the last year or so to create and cultivate my circle of friends like, I don't know, a vegetable garden, <laughs> one that I'd nurture and take care of rather than let wither and die. Kind of like our Three goldfish, one guinea pig, two cats, and the family dog. Don't judge me. <laughs> we weren't bad pet owners. We just weren't good ones. And I did do my best. Our guinea pig would get so stressed out from, well, I don't know what, being fed, held, loved, that he started to lose his hair. Maybe that's what being too comfortable does. It causes as much stress as taking risks and getting uncomfortable. So I did what any loving pet owner would do. I put lotion on his butt <laughs> every night where he was balding. Of course, as I'm doing this, I'm repeating, it rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. In that very silency of the lamb's creepy voice. Maybe that was it. I scared him to death with my eerie movie mantras. <laughs> so now I just stick to plants and friends. And like all things, you get what you give. The ironic thing, though, is that I'm a better person for it because I want to show up as the best possible version of myself for not only me, but for them. Finding people that support me means I want to do the same for them, if not more. And it holds me accountable. I'm constantly working on improving myself, especially as I've gotten older. And I don't know, maybe it's my age. Maybe I'm just maturing, although doubtful. <laughs> Confession time. I still play Candy Crush while I pee, if that's any indication. But I don't like to brag. I am on level 749. So there's some vindication there. What can I say? I drink a lot of water. So yeah, hashtag life goals. Or maybe it's the time I've had to myself to take stock and evaluate what's important because my friends are my lifeline when I need them and my joy when I don't. And either way, I definitely don't underestimate the power of who I surround myself with and the impact we have on each other. Let me say this though, I was slow to the party. This wasn't something that happened overnight. And little by little, I left behind the relationships that either expired and no longer served us and just depleted and brought me down. You know what I mean, an energy suck. Those just had to go. But in its place, I found ones that re-energize and fill me up and that's what you want. You've heard it here before, but you're the average of the five people you hang around. And it's not always easy to find them as you get older, especially during quarantine. But it's possible. I did it. Why not you? And there's things you can do. You can join a club. You can take a class. It can be on or offline. Find your people by doing what you like to do and connecting with others that are doing the same. And they don't all have to be in person. I have plenty of friends and support from people I've only met over Zoom. And we keep in touch through Facebook and Messenger. And we're in clubs and mastermind groups. We make an intention to connect and stay in touch at least once a week. 
And people everywhere right now are trying to make connections. The different ways of finding and staying in touch with your tribe is limitless. It just takes a little creativity. And screw it. Email me if you need help. Subscribe to my newsletter if you want to learn more and just to keep in touch. I got you covered. I had a child pretty late in life and I had the the magic of being at home with her being in the middle of the night watching your documentary. That documentary, I told Chelsea I might cry at like two points and um, this is one of them. And I think something that you brought up in, in that documentary, first of all, thank you for it. Why did it affect you that way? I think because you talked about things in that documentary that made me want to start a media company. I think that there are so many parts of women's lives that we have to hide and that we can't, we can't share openly because it will make us seem weak. And I think the, particularly the part about parenting, it was that I didn't have to be a perfect mother. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen anybody else in a documentary with your kind of achievements and the kind of establishment that you have created and the the vast body of work that you have talk about something like that openly. And I felt, I felt so seen because of that. Mm. Oh, that makes me feel good. Yeah. Yes. And you didn't hide the fact that it was difficult to talk about. I would just love to talk a little bit about that documentary and just how it, how it came together and you know what, how you felt about it. Well, You know, I have to say that there was nothing in the documentary or nothing I said in the documentary that I hadn't written about. So for me, it was it was just a different version of my memoir because it was filmed. But I love my life so far. By yeah, that was the important thing for me was my life so far. I had just left a ten-year marriage with Ted Turner, that was a very very hard thing because I loved him. But I knew that if I stayed with him, that I would never become whole. And I knew I had realized when I turned 60, which I considered the beginning of my third act, that I did not want to die without becoming whole. And so two years later, when I thought, oh, my God, I think I'm going to have to leave. And I was so scared because I was already 62 and I didn't have a career for 15, you know, for a long time. And what was I going to do? But I thought, you know, the most important thing is I don't want to have regrets. If I stay with him, I won't be able to become who I, who I can be. But it was really hard. And when I left and I started to look back over my life, because you, in order to know how you want to go forward in the last part of your life, you have to know where you've been. You know, as I say in the book, I didn't want to be like Christopher Columbus, who didn't know where he was going when he left, didn't know where he was when he got there, and didn't know where he'd been when he got back. So I studied my first two acts, and then I realized I need to write this down because it was a gendered journey. And so for me, the important thing was the, was the six years that it took me to write that book. And I really, I made the decision that I was going to tell the truth. And it was not necessarily pretty. About you or the people that me, you wrote about? About me. You know, a, friends of mine said, God, you know, you've been privileged all your life. You're famous. And, all, you know, what, what have you got to say that can, 
be relevant to most people, but I knew when women tell the truth, it's universal. So I knew that if I really told the truth about my journey, that other people would, would relate to it. And so for the, do- the documentary was a filmed version of that. I have watched it at least 11 or 12 times. Oh, God, and there was so much left out of it. <laughs> well, I'd like to see uh, that one, too. <laughs> the documentary is in five acts, and I remember the first time I saw it, I... I, I thought it was really smart to give each mm-hmm. of the men in your life that defined you at a certain you know phase of your mm-hmm. life, and then we get to you. We get to you, and I think that I think that it's been. I think that that's just how women are conditioned to feel like we have to be defined by the quality of our relationship, mm-hmm. and because it's how people see us on the outside, and it's just so wrong. I just I think the the. The important thing to know is, first of all, it's so hard to be young. <laughs> and, and everybody who's young and finds it hard thinks it's their fault. But it's just really hard because it's all about what am I supposed to know? Who do I need to know? What, am I wa- what do I want to be? What do I have to do to get there? Just all of these questions. I was so old at 20. I was ancient at 20. I'm 82 now. I am so young. And that's the truth. So it's hard to be young, and especially if you're a woman, it's hard to be leading up to 50. It's really tough. Are you 50? I'm 51. Boy, you look about 18. That's interesting. Um, Did we get that on tape? (laughs) Perimenopause is a big reason I'm why it's hard. Yeah. That's why I'm going to take my coat off and put it's it back very, on again. Yeah, I noticed that. Times. Perimenopause is really tough. I, I blamed it on my second husband, but I think it was mostly peri- perimenopause. You totally lose a sense of who you are. I've written about it. I wrote a book called Primetime. I called it the fertile void. You feel like you're f- falling with no net underneath you. But it is a critical time when... You want to stay close to the wall. You want to be careful who you spend time with. You want to be careful to the music you listen to. You want to really take care of yourself. Don't be with people that are going to lead you astray or be jarring. Because that is the time when, unbeknownst to you, little green sprouts are starting to bloom. And you want to be quiet enough to pay attention so that you nurture them when they start to happen. I mean, it's like, it, but it's a very hard time to live through. All of the research, and there's been huge amounts of research, shows that after 50, life gets better for most people. Whether you're married or divorced or man or woman or straight or gay, life gets better because you kind of been there, done that. You know what you can leave behind. That's why getting older gets much, much easier because you've been there, because you, you, know, you don't make mountains out of molehills. You know how to make lemonade out of lemons, all those things. Can I tell you, I think also for me, I feel like it means more because I feel like I have less time. And you don't want to waste any time. You don't want to waste any time having bullshit relationships yeah. in your life. Or drinking too much. Like, I don't drink too much because if I drink... 
like more than one martini or even one martini, I lose about five Jeez. hours wow. the next day. See, Grace makes me really want to drink martinis more. She really does. I'm sorry. It's okay. They seem refreshing. They seem medicinal almost. So <laughs> it's, um, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> I agree with you, but unfortunately, there's still an incredible bias against women in middle age, and I think that finally we have so many more. I mean, thank you to, to J-Lo for having a huge bash for her 50th birthday. You are like evidence of the fact that life just keeps getting better and more important and more relevant and more urgent and more active and, and just more full. Well, the trick is you have to stay curious. You know, you have to not at some point along the way think, okay, this is where I am. This is now who I am and where I'm going to be. You have to constantly put yourself in situations that you're learning and you're exposed to new things and new ideas and new people, even if it's through books. I mean, books have always changed my life, but keep learning. You know, one of my mantras is it's more important to be interested than to be interesting. Stop worrying about being interesting. Stay curious. People say I'm young for my age. It's because I'm curious. I learn things all the time. And that informs my life. So my life is constantly evolving and changing. You know, my children don't like it very much. Like, you know, Do you really I, think that's true? Yeah. I mean... Because you're busy and you're my, around my, as my much? My son and his wife... You know, they're, they're, they're in their 40s and they just had their first baby. And then I, grandma goes to D.C., and they think that means that I don't care that I have a new little grandchild. But I feel like I'm trying to save the future for my grandchild. Yes. You know what I mean? But, you know, your kids may not like what you do all the time. But you have to do what you have to do. The haircut that you got during, you know, for Clute. I didn't get it for Clute. No, you didn't get it for Clute. You got it for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think there's two sides of it that I was hoping to talk with you about. One was that it was this sort of personal kind of stance about like, you know, this is who I am now. And you didn't even really know what that was when you went into the barber, right? No, I had no idea. I knew I had, um, I, I, was, uh, I was married to my first husband, Roger Vedin, the French director who directed Barbarella. I still had a Barbarella hairdo. And Which was long, flowing, kind of like blonde locks. As someone said to me, your, your hair deserved a, an agent of its own. It was a lot of hair. <laughs> a lot of hair. So anyway, I was going through a major transition, and whenever that happens, and it's happening to me right now, and you will soon see my epif hair epiphany, I have hair epiphanies. And, we uh, all do. Yeah. You oh. just actually put it, you gave it a term that we needed to know about. <laughs> I mean, it does come out of our heads. So if we're going through transitions, it makes sense that things that are coming out of our heads are going to reflect the transition. So I went to my husband. I knew that I just I wanted to have different hair. And I went to my husband's barber, Paul McGregor, in the village, and I said, do something. And then I started reading, and I paid no attention to what he was doing. And when I looked up, it was the clute haircut. And then it became iconic because after Clute was over, I got arrested as I started an anti-war tour of the country, and that mug shot became an iconic mug. Yeah. Yes, we have coasters in our house with your <laughs> with your with your mug shot on them, and we're very proud to use them. Okay, Grace and Frankie. So it is now the longest-running series on Netflix. Congratulations! Thank you. It is a really, really special show for a million different reasons. And I think 
We have Rebecca Smith, who is our VP of Editorial Operations. She and Samra Dara, who oversees our social media, they took off like last Friday, two Fridays ago, to actually go home and completely watch the whole like, most recent season. That is how these young women are spending their free time, taking a vacation day so they can watch you and watch the show because it means so much to them. We did not expect There is something that. so unique and special about the fact that this show has struck a chord with so many different What do you think it is? generations. Okay. <laughs> this, is, this this can be a very unpopular thing to say, but I think that somehow some way it doesn't matter how great your relationship is. I think that we all secretly dream about just living with our girlfriends someday. Mm-hmm. I think it's why people used to make fun of the Golden Girls but secretly loved it because they could just be themselves. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to keep pretending. Mm-hmm. Well, like this last season, the 6th season that's now mm-hmm. streaming. You know, Grace makes this whole, you know, Frankie convinces Grace that in order to make the marriage work, it has to be real. You know, she has to tell Nick the truth. And yet, when she's too old to be able to stand up from the toilet and ends up t- tearing the, the, the toilet, toilet paper, paper holder out of the wall when she tries to use that yeah. to get her off it, she doesn't tell her, fine, Nick, everything's fine, just fine. It's Frankie, she calls, to come and rescue her. It's Frankie that she will allow to see who she really is and how old she really is and so forth. And that's just very real. I I personally also think that the fact that they went through this just unimaginable trauma, after 40 years of marriage, their husbands tell them that they're not only gay, but that they've fallen in love with each other and want to get married. I mean, just think. Talk about rug being pulled out from under you. What does it mean about who I am that for all these years I didn't know that my husband was gay and having an affair with with his law partner? And you know, and we and then so Frankie and I are left together and we hate each other. We're completely the opposite. So the fact that we not only survived, but that we ended up thriving because we helped each other. I think that so many women write me or just come up and tell me that it's given them hope, that it's helped them come through trauma, that it's shown them the way forward. I mean, it just means the world to me. You know, when we're filming it, it doesn't seem like it's going to be something that will affect women's lives. But I think that that's the point. It's not this sort of thunder and lightning. It's like these very subtle moments of intimacy. All of you are so masterful in each of your roles. But it's really fun to do. I mean, I'm I'm in love with Lily Tomlin. There are so many times when (laughs) just I look at her face and it's just, (laughs) she just... What is, mm, I just love her. <laughs> what is it like to to be working with her and to have this kind of show to share in and be producing and to just be changing the the sort of the narrative? Well, time? we didn't expect that that would be the case, and we don't feel like it's the case. I mean, when we're doing it, we're not sort of thinking we're changing the narrative. You know, we're just doing it, and the fact that we know that it's a hit is like so great. Especially when you're working 17 hours. I mean, it helps to know that it's successful. Imagine having to do that if you're on a flop. Is it 17 hours straight? Not always, but it has happened. I mean, last night, I came home at 2. 
in the morning. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's long hours. But we all love each other so much. You know, Lily and I have been friends since I got her cast in 9 to 5. And, you know, she comes from Detroit. And her little face is just plastic. I mean, she has her expressions just drive me. But then, you know, when I'm doing activist work in Michigan, I, she comes with me. And we do stuff together. And we've done stuff, to, stuff together all over the country. I mean, that has nothing to do with Grace and Frankie. So, what'd you think of Jane? She's a pistol, right? Well, if you'd like to get the full episode of Jane Fonda on sparking your own personal revolution on Unstyled and hear hers and Christine's interview from start to finish, the link to that, along with both their social media, is in the show notes below. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and share with someone you think might benefit. And until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you.